Savior, there's no one like him. You'll never find no one that will love you greater. You'll never find no one that will lay down their life for you. No one. No one. The Bible said, greater love than this hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. You're listening to Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Certainly our prayer is for you, our listening audience, those that are, uh, whether you're driving or at work, maybe you're getting ready for bed. You know, uh, we're reaching out around the world and we just thank God for an opportunity to uh, be someone that you listen to. And we're certainly going to talk about Christ and, and nothing more because there's nothing greater than to talk about the Lord and what the Lord has is doing and what he has done. I pray that you are in good health, good spirit, and whatever you're dealing with, you know, we can touch and agree together and, and pray that God is, because he is a deliverer. One thing I've learned is that uh, the Bible, uh, Daniel, when he came across situations, he went to his friends and they prayed together. So you ought to get together with somebody that, that believe in prayer, believe in the power of God and, you know, touch and agree and pray. Don't talk about the situation. You don't go through details. Just say, look, there's an issue and pray about it and, and, and see what the Lord does. I uh, want to direct your attention to the book of Ezekiel, the 21st chapter, uh, the 18th verse through the uh, 25th verse. And the Bible says the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, also, thou son of man, appoint thee two ways that the sword of the king of Babylon may come. Both twain shall come forth out of one land and shall uh, choose thou a place, choose it at the head of the way of the city. Appoint a way that the sword may come to Rabath of the Amorites and to Judah of Jerusalem as a defense. For the king of Babylon stood at the parting, stood at the parting of the way at the head of the two ways to use deviation. He made his arrows bright. He consulted with images. He looked in the liver. At his right hand was deviation of Jerusalem to appoint captains to open the mouth of the slaughter, to lift up the voice with shouting, to appoint battering rams against the gates, to cast a mount and to build a fort. And it shall be unto them as a false divination in their sight to them that have sworn oath but he hath called to remembrance the iniquity that they may be taken. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because ye have made your iniquity to be remembered and that your transgressions are discovered so that in all your doings, your sins do appear. Because I say that ye are come to remembrance, ye shall be taken with the hand. 
and the profane wicked prince of Israel, whose day is come when iniquity shall have an end. The Lord, that is the Lord, the God of Israel, thus said the Lord God, re remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more till he come whose right hand, who right it is, and I will give it him. Ezekiel presents a stern and stirring message to the children of Israel. And again, his task is very laborious. But the word of the Lord came unto him and told him to mark out two roads for the sword of the king of Babylon uh, so that he would uh, start as he start from the same country and mark make a signpost where the road branches off to the city. Lord told him to, to let to, to step out. Now, God is very demonstrative at times in what he says. And so Israel, uh, not Israel, but Ezekiel had to do uh, many things uh, that we might seem, look and say, that well, that's strange. I'm not doing that. But God does strange things. He's the God of those things. You can look at some of the, uh, look at the Nature Channel and you'll see some strange things. Uh, but all of it, the Bible said that God saw it and it was good. So everything that God sees is good because it has purpose. He said to make a signpost where the road branches off to the city and mark out one road for the sword to come against Rabbah of the Amorites and another against Judah fortified Jerusalem. For the king of Babylon is going to stop at the fork of the road. And in this junction of the road, he's going to uh, begin to seek an omen. Uh, you know, they, they were very, uh, again, religious. Even though they were not seeking sovereign God, they were religious and they practiced. They believed in seeking after uh, other gods, uh, gods that was made of their own hands, gods that were spirits. And I, I'll go as far as to say this, the uh, uh, fallen angels, uh, the Lord said uh, in one passage, I believe it's in Luke, uh, uh, Bible students, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong, but, uh, but he said, the Lord said, Jesus Christ said, I, I saw a Satan fall from heaven like a, a bolt of lightning. And, you know, there was uh, angels that fell with him. Well, those angelic spirits that disobeyed God, that rebelled against a uh, sovereign God, uh, present themselves as God to people. Uh, you have to understand that demons are real. And so uh, they want to be worshipped. Uh, that was what caused them to be kicked out of glory is because they wanted to be worshipped. They wanted to be identified greater than God. And so they were kicked out and uh, uh, note that they have been revealed and others have seen demons and spirits and have created images to worship them. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, uh, some things that images are very ugly uh, because the attitude and the attributes are very ugly in the way they was presented. Uh, but the Bible does not describe any of God's uh, creatures as being ugly, anything that God has made. Uh, character wise or characteristics can be uh, ugly behavior can be very ugly uh, but Lucifer was created as a, a very beautiful uh, being uh, angelic being so uh, but the Bible tells us that the king of Babylon is going to stop and seek an omen uh, he's going to stop and pray and, and seek 
a direction. Uh, you know, people use Ouija boards. They use uh, witchcraft and different rituals uh, to seek after direction. Uh, you know, soothsayers, fortune tellers, and different things that they will go after to see what the tomorrow is going to be like. Uh, but I think we need to be concerned about today. Uh, tomorrow is not here. Uh, yesterday is gone. And there are thousands there. They are apart from us at more than uh, a million miles because you'll never reach it. You'll never get back to yesterday. And unless God gives you grace, you're not going to have tomorrow. And what you do with tomorrow, when, if God should tarry and he should give us grace, is going to be a present. And what you do when you open that present up is, is going to be up to you. I pray that when you open it up, uh, God give you a present that you open it up and say, thank you, Lord, for, for this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. Uh, we can always find something good about what we're dealing with. And, and, you know, one thing I've learned is that you don't have to look at someone else uh, and look at whatever they may be dealing with and, and say, you know, I thank God that's not me that, you know, but thank God for who you are and whatever you're dealing with. Uh, so uh, he's going to seek an omen. And the Bible said in his right hand will come the lot of Jerusalem where he is to set a battering ram to give the command to slaughter, uh, to sound the battle cry, to set battering rams against the gate, to build a ramp and to erect a siege, a sage work. So he's going to surround Jerusalem and they're going to take control of it. Nothing going in and nothing's going out. And it will seem like a false omen to those who have sworn alliance to him, but he will remind them of their guilt and take them captive. You know, when God causes something to happen, uh, sometimes people want to blame it on the enemy. Uh, they want to blame it on the devil. But I, I want to remind you again, uh, nothing happens without God approval. Nothing happens without his knowledge. Nothing happens. Uh, the, the devil is a God of the air. He's still an angel. He is not God. He is not sovereign. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because you people have brought to, brought to mind your guilt by your open rebellion, revealing your sins and all that you do, because you have done this, you're going to be taken captive. Now, I'm not going to continue to read on, but, uh, but one thing that the Lord said in all of this is that he will overturn it. And so uh, one thing I, I want to emphasize this, and I'm going to keep emphasizing it over and over again, is that uh, God was on a mission. Ezekiel had a work. He was evangelizing the land for a particular reason. So as we read through the word of God, as we read through the scriptures, and we're in the 21st chapter uh, as this day and time, and, and looking at how God is moving and using his minister to present to those listening his word. He was blessed with a vision. He was blessed with a specific word. He was blessed to see those that uh, and to know that there is a remnant, uh, some that would be marked. And, and I pray that when you, your obedience to the word of God, because he gave us his judgments, his statues and a Sabbath as a proof of purchase, uh, as a proof of uh, that he would be with us, uh, that he told the, his personal secretary. And you have to go back through the ninth chapter and read it to mark those that are. Uh, that are calling out and crying against iniquity. I, I wonder, is there anybody praying against sin today? 
Is anyone praying against unrighteousness and, and praying for fairness and praying that uh, the blessing upon the Lord and blessing others as well and those that are not uh, doing right, that God would bless them with grace and stir up their mind? Uh, you know, we, we have to pray against those things and not just exist and, and say, well, it's just all about me. Uh, you know, I was reminded the other night as I got ready for bed that uh, that something that Dr. H.L. Bostic had said uh, and that was passed handed down to me said, don't be selfish with your prayers. Uh, our prayers should not just be about us, uh, but what we do and, and the whole purpose of us being here is because of the Great Commission. And that is to be a witness for the Lord. And that witness is not a witness to ourselves in the mirror, uh, though we may encourage ourselves sometime. Uh, our witness is to be to others uh, that the kingdom of God is near. And so the Bible says that the Lord would overturn it and that the crown would uh, would not be restored until it, it is presented rightfully into who it belonged to. Now, as I begin to think about the word of God and how God gave direction to Ezekiel uh, to give directions uh, and to set up a post for the king of Babylon, uh, I thought about the farmer's responsibility. The responsibility of the farmer begins with the ground. And I'm not going to be long tonight, but I just want to point out that that this responsibility is important. It begins with the ground, a skill that reaches back to the beginning of time. Genesis 2, 15 says the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate, to develop it, to nurture it, to promote growth. And that's what God is doing uh, when God sends his word. He is uh, developing. He is nurturing and he is promoting growth. Uh, God is not sending. He said, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So God's concern is that uh, is that people are saved. And, you know, I, I thought about that. I'm like, Lord, uh, you know, the, your, your word says that few there be saved. Uh, and, and so that doesn't mean that there's not going to be uh, millions that will be saved. There's going to be millions that are saved. But that those millions are few to God compared to our mindset. Uh, you know, the gospel goes out from generation to generation. The Lord has has sent his word. He has uh, touched the hearts of men. But uh, but everybody uh, is not getting on the straight and narrow. Uh, there's a broad way and there's a narrow way. And so uh, the responsibility of the farmer is to work the ground, a skill that reaches back, uh, dealing with development, nurture and promoting growth and to keep it, to make sure that it stays good. Tilling the ground prepares for the next year crop. The turning over of the soil helps to loosen the dirt, making it easy uh, to plant new seed. God is interesting in planting seed. And so therefore, uh, the ground has to be tilled. And this was the responsibility of the king of Babylon. You know, as I began to think about him going down to Jerusalem and to deal with God's people, God was tilling the ground. And so he brought somebody on that would do it. And so God sent uh, the king of Babylon down there to till the ground because there's going to be some new seed that is being planted. And so tilling the ground prepares it for the next harvest, the next crop. The turning over of the soil helps to loosen the dirt, making it easy to plant new seeds. Tilling is also an effective way of removing weeds that sprang up with the crop of uh, weeds, the new uh, new weeds. There's new weeds, there's old weed, you know, and, 
And so uh, weeds are dangerous to good seeds that are being planted. Uh, the Bible tells us over in Matthews, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. But while uh, this man, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the, when the blade sprang up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tears also. So while this man was asleep, or, or while others were asleep, uh, the enemy came and sowed tares, weeds uh, uh, of a type, among, uh, in the ground where the good stuff had been planted so that when it began to grow, they saw that something else was appearing that was not going to be profitable for them. So the servant of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in the field? And from whence then have it tears? He said unto them, An enemy have done this. The enemy snuck in. The enemy comes in quietly while you're asleep, while you're resting, when you're not paying attention and sow seeds. It may be a seed of discord among the brethren. You, you got to be careful about that. And anytime a little thing flare up, you, you got to squash that little thing so it don't grow. Uh, the, it's like a fox. Uh, the fox comes in and, and try to sneak into the hen house and, and steal away with, with uh, a chicken or egg. Uh, it's like the pig that bounces against the fence until it finds the weakest spot. And then it keeps bouncing against that so, until it gives way so that it can get out. And so the enemy sneaks in. The enemy is clever. The enemy is shrewd. Uh, but God is wiser than the enemy. Uh, and so the Bible says that that the enemy came in and, and the man identified and said, the enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, "Wilt thou then go and gather them up? Why don't we just go out and, and pull the tares out? You know, sometimes it looked like there's a bad seed. Uh, among, uh, you know, uh, it could be any type of congregation. It don't have to be a church congregation. It could be at work. It could be, um, you know, at, at, on a team of, of any sort. And But there's always, there's somebody there that that like to stir up trouble, that like to do things, uh, you know, they have a particular role. And, and so, uh, but if you, if you snatch that person up, uh, you know, if you snatch that tariff up, uh, you don't know how much root has already intermingle with the other plant and so by pulling it up you may do damage to the other plant that has grown also and, and so the the owner says no no don't do that don't snatch up the tares don't go out and weed them up but he said least uh least while you gather up the tares when it's time to gather them together uh, we're going to let them grow but when it's time to do our harvest then when we get them to the barns, as we bundle them up, then we will do the separation at that time. There is a day of gathering that will come that every, that there will be separation. I re, I'm reminded of a song where um, that, that my godfather and, and godmother used to sing that they'll never run together anymore. Sheep's on the right, goats on the left, 
they'll never run together anymore. There will be a day of separation. Now, we don't know when that day will come. Peter, if you've been along with us in the book of Acts, Peter talks about the day of reconciliation when the Lord will appear. And he says that, you know, that the greatest blessing that Israel can have and, and the greatest blessing that you and I can have is that our sins are remitted, that we repent and be converted right now, that our sins be blotted out. It's better that our sins go before us than to come after us. And so uh, we deal with things now rather than dealing with them later, because that's not going to be in our to our favor. But uh, there's going to be a gathering and there's going to be a separation of the tares because they're going to be bundled up. And the Bible said they could be burned. But the wheat he's going to place in his barn, he's going to place it in his store heart, uh, his, his storehouse. And aren't you glad that you're part of the wheat today? You're part of the good seed that God has planted. You know, you know, you're part of the good seed. That's why you have an interest in the word of God. Uh, that's why you, you, you're faithful to God. And uh, that's why you support God. And, you know, and you work for the Lord because you are uh, not only have the Lord invested in you, but you're investing back. And, and so there is a day of separation that you're going to be stored in God's purpose and in his place that he has designed for you. The tillage is the agriculture, uh, excuse me, preparation of soil uh, that is used for uh, aggregation of various types, such as digging, stringing, and overturning. Tillage can also mean the land that is been tilled, the ground. You feel different. When the word of God comes, the word of God is, is working us. Uh, you know, as Ezekiel was going forth and spreading the word of God, the word of God was working. Uh, the Bible said that his word will not go out and return to him void. God's word goes out and it serves the purpose. And the purpose was being was being purpose uh, was being driven. It was being motivated. It was working during that time for those that would hear it. And, and so the Bible says that the tillage tillage. Uh, it's used to, uh, as a term to, for the land. The land is being tilled, the ground. You feel better. Uh, you act different. You look different because you have been tilled. You know, the Bible tells us that, that there was uh, the men on the road of, of Emus and uh, after the resurrection of Christ and uh, the Lord was dealing with them because they were slow to believe. Uh, but they had this testimony. They said, did not our hearts burn as he spoke to us, as the word of God was being ministered, something began to happen. The good ground that was in them began to move. And so they felt it as a burning sensation. And they said, didn't our hearts burn? You know, it's, it's when the word of God is at work, it does something inside of us. Uh, the Lord told them, he said, you've been washed by my word. And so uh, sometimes there's a washing of the word. The ground is saturated so that it is soft enough so that the ground can be turned. Israel had went into a position where the ground had become hard. The ground had become needed to be broken up. It was crusted soil. It needed to be loosened for the planting that God intended. The, the tilling of the ground, it helps root uh, to penetrate the ground. You want to be well rooted in God. You don't want to be, you know, another song was was uh, Jesus got a hook in me. I don't want to get loose. I'm hooked, tied, tangled all up in him. You want your roots to grow deep in the Lord. Uh, you know, you, you want to be of that part of that good ground. 
uh, when you till the ground, the soil becomes porous uh, due to the exchange. It allows the gases to escape. It becomes easier for the ground to breathe. You know, we have to breathe. We have to inhale. Uh, the Bible says that the Lord was ministering to them and he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And, and you know, in that fulfillment, we see that over in Acts, the, the, the second chapter, when they were there on the day of Pentecost, because they were obedient to what the Lord said. And they went to the upper room and they stayed there until they received the promise that the Lord had spoken. But he breathed on them. Don't you know that when you inhale, that you also exhale, something has to come out of you. And, and so when the word of God comes and it tills you and it tills the ground, there are things that are being loosed from you. There are things that are being pulled out of you. There are things that are being pushed out of you. And so there are gases that uh, that need to come out of you. Even our skin and our natural, our skin is porous. Our skin breathes. Our skin sweats. And so things are loose. The impurities, if you ever, if you've played ball and you know why you was out skating, I don't know, ladies, whatever you were doing, jumping rope or, you know, the, uh, I know it's men, you know, running around and, and carrying on and, and balling on the weekend and stuff, that sometimes you look and you see, maybe if you have on a dark colored shirt or something, uh, you might see a, some white on it. That's the salt because you've intaken salt and it comes out. It sweats out in your pores, which is a good thing. Uh, you want to get that. You, you got to watch that salt intake, you know, so that we don't damage ourselves. But we sweat out what we have taken in so our skin is porous and so the ground also has to be porous as well tilling the ground loosens the soil for planting kingdom building seeds the seed that god is planting in us is rich for the kingdom ezekiel's task was to direct the workers that would till the hard ground the crusted soil prepare the contaminated places or prepare those places and make them suitable or bring about a suitable condition for new growth. Now, Ecclesiastics, the fifth chapter says, and, and this is a different version of the reading, but it says, moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. After all, a king who cultivates the field is, is an advantage to the land. So you, we, are, we have to say, Lord, cultivate me. Lord, till my ground. Lord, work on me. Lord, help me to be what you want me to be and then yield ourselves. Don't be like Israel, hard-headed, rebellion, you know, fighting against it. You know, uh, uh, the potter, the Lord told one of his servants, he said, go down to the potter's house and observe what's going on. You know, uh, uh, some clay, some dirt that had been mixed with water. You know, that's what we call clay. It's a certain type of dirt. It was being shaped and, and sometimes it becomes marred and it becomes, uh, uh, it may not come out the right way. And so it has to be squashed and done over again. You know, God has to work with us because we're like that clay that the potter's working on. We're like the ground. It, we have to be toiled. We have to be worked with in order to grow. And year after year, you don't just grow a crop and then 
uh, once that crop has been harvested, that you leave the ground alone, the ground has to be worked because its weeds are going to grow. Birds are going to fly over and they're going to have droplets and, and things are going to grow that you don't want in that particular area. You know, there's going to be uh, insects that, that uh, parasites and different things that have to be worked out of the ground so that you can plant the right uh, seed and get, and get the type of harvest that you're looking for. And who's going to benefit from that? You are. Who's going to benefit from that? The Lord is. Who's going to benefit from that? All the land is going to benefit from the seeds that God has planted. When it falls on good ground, something happens. When it falls on good ground, uh, fruit is brought forth. When it falls on good ground, the king is pleased. The, the husband man of the land, the farmer is pleased to look out at the crop and see the uh, what he has planted is growing up. Don't you know that that as the harvest is being planted, as the seeds is being planted, the fields are being worked, that God sends the rain, he sends the sunshine. Uh, God knows how to fertilize the land. God know knows how to work it out so that the right things grow. And if there is something, I love this about him. I love this about those. That's why I was singing when, when you know, that, uh, I, Lord, I, I love you, Lord. You know, because uh, when uh, God knows just what to do, because there are things, there are tears and different things, as we mentioned earlier, that is in our lives that have been planted by the enemy. It was planted when we were children. It was planted as we became teens, as we became young adults. The enemy knew how to plant things in our life so that at a certain time it would spring up. But God knows how to work with the very thing that was planted in you and I. He knows how to work with the very thing that was planted in each of us so that it does not impact the good that he has put in us. Now, that's a reason to give God a, a mighty praise. That's a reason to just magnify God and just love him, you know, because God knows how to work with us so that when the time comes, he knows how to separate that thing. from. When you look back over your life, think about it. You look back over your life, there are some things that have shed it off of you, that have come off of you, that maybe you carried to a certain point of time, maybe just a few years ago. But all of a sudden now, it's no longer an issue. It's gone. Because as you grew, as the seed of God grew in you, and that thing was trying to grow also, God was just, he waited at a point in time, he pulled that unrooted that untangled the root that was there and pulled it off of you and it's no longer visible bless your lord god ah! bless your lord thank you jesus my god god is great in what he does he's magnificent he knows just what to do and how to do it God untangled us. So God is working with us. He's working with you. He's working with me. He's working with all his children. He's working that those tears that the enemy snuck in and planted are being removed over time. It's being removed. That's why that's why the you know we have to be patient with one another. Someone is, is not like you because you've been because something has been removed from you. Don't be impatient with anyone else and certainly don't be uh, 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 selfish with your prayers. Pray for a person, but pray without revealing anything to anyone else. Pray without talking about it. Pray and just give God the glory and, and magnify him for what he has done and what he is going to do. Don't share with anybody anything except the Lord. That's important. We're going to share with, with the Lord himself and, 
and what he is doing because he's the one that's tilling the ground. He's the one that's working things out to our advantage. Pardon me, that, that's, that was my fault, I'm sorry. God is working things out. <laughs> He's working some things out with me right now. But I just want to encourage your hearts that, you know, as we come to an end of our message, that God is here and he's working in our midst. You know, I was thinking on the way in again how the, the, the ram's horn is, the wax on the ram's horn is melting and his anointing is flowing. You know, just hold on to what God is saying. You know, and know that God is greater than any situation and, and know that, that everything that God does is working to our advantage. Some did not like the message that Ezekiel was presenting, but they didn't realize that God was tilling the ground and he was preparing some, uh-huh, some, not everyone, some. You, you want to be part of the some, uh, the few, the chosen. Something great is on this way. And so with that being said, you know, just just think about and meditate on the Lord for a moment. Father, you is because you have planned. Just want to pray, offer a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you for your goodness. Lord, we are here to worship you. Lord God, and even after this particular message, is, Lord God, and those that will hear it and play it back again over the, the podcast, Lord. Lord, are, are through, uh, through Anchor, uh, God on Demand, Lord God, and Lord, whether it's on the website, Lord God, however they're listening, Father, we pray and ask that you would bless in the name of Jesus. Keep our hearts and our minds stayed upon you. Help us, oh Lord God, to be the good ground that you're looking for, Lord Jesus, so that you can reap the harvest that you have planted in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Be blessed in Jesus' name. We'll be back Sunday morning, Pacific time at 8 a.m. God bless you.